Well, this is a big day in the life of our church, and honestly, this is one of my favorite Sundays um, in the, the, the year, uh, because I, I feel like as we commit our financial pledges, we're also com- recommitting to our church and our very lives to Christ. So it's, it's a good day and very moving for me as a pastor to see people come forward and, and put their envelopes in these baskets. So we hope it's a celebration um, today and that we are really grateful for all that God has given us. Today I'm going to preach from a pretty um, familiar story. It's the story of the widow's mite. Um, I'll be reading from Mark chapter 12. This is found also in Luke. So here's uh, God's word for us this morning. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins uh, worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow who has has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Let's pray together. God, we pray that uh, you would speak uh, with power and and with full conviction this morning that our hearts and our minds would be open to your truth. Uh, We pray that this would just not be information, but Lord, that it would prompt us to take steps of obedience. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So Jesus was in the temple, and he was (laughs) people-watching. Specifically, he was watching as people dropped their offering in boxes, kind of like what we're doing today, metal containers, most likely, that uh, as the coins were dropped in to those containers, they made noises. Of course, the larger coins made a different noise than the smaller coins. And in the passage just prior to this, Jesus is is telling his disciples, um, warning them about making spirituality a show, which uh, he often... You know, if, if Jesus had hard words for anyone, it was for the hypocrites, uh, these people that made spirituality a show. You know, the word hypocrite comes from the Greek word um, that was about, in the big Greek dramas, people wearing masks, putting on a show, play acting. And so Jesus is warning his disciples, don't let spirituality become this big show where the outside, the external action, doesn't uh, really match the inner heart. And so it is probably safe to say that as these rich people came in and walked by these containers and threw their coins in, it was quite a show. The rich in their big, beautiful, flowing robes threw in their coins. And they made sure that those watching would know that what they threw in was a large coin or a number of large coins, probably enjoying the sound that echoed through the temple as they dropped in their offering. So Jesus was watching this kind of charade, really, 
when a poor widow quietly came up to the front and dropped in two very small copper coins, amounting to no more than a penny. And then Jesus did something very surprising, I think. He calls disciples around him and told them that it was the widow's tiny contribution, which was far greater than those of the rich. You know, Jesus always was turning everything upside down. In fact, I I think the kingdom of God is the upside-down kingdom. And so he's kind of turning our idea of what it means to be generous upside down. Because he said, the person who defines generosity in this story is not the one who gave a huge gift, but rather a very small gift. Interesting. Now, we've been talking about money and giving now for a few weeks, and later in this service, we are dedicating our financial commitment for the calendar year 2022. And I hope that you've heard a couple things uh, over these last few weeks. First of all, that we are called to give as followers of Christ, that we are called to give, and not just to give, but to be generous people, generous in our whole lives. And I think this is important if we continue a a series on generosity, I would talk about being generous in spirit, generous with our love, generous with our material possessions, generous in our speech, generous in every way, magnanimous people. I think this is one of the ways Christ transforms us as we become his followers. He calls us, really, to live with our hands open, open to receive all that God has for us, but also open to give and to give generously. And I hope you also heard that God calls us to give and to be generous for our own good. You know, all that God commands us to do is for our own good. And there is joy. There is a richness in life when we live as generous people. But today I want to kind of explore the question, exactly what is generosity? What is generosity? If we are called to give and to give generously, then how do we know when we're giving generously? I personally have found this kind of a difficult thing to define. Um, You know, this week as... uh, in our life group, as we talked about last week's sermon, we, we kind of shared our stories a little bit of our journeys with money. And we all have journeys with money and giving. And we all decided that uh, it's one of those things in life that you just never really tie the bow or close the chapter, the book. Uh, every year as I come to think about what my wife and I are going to give for the, this next year, it, it's kind of a moving target because life changes Circumstances change. And so it, it never feels like we absolutely know what gener- generosity is. But we are called to give. There's no confusion about that, and we are called to give generously. So what does it mean? What does it mean to give generously? I think we can learn uh, a lot from this simple 
and yet profound story from the gospel. The first thing we see in this story is that the size of the gift, and this is surprising, the size of the gift doesn't determine generosity. Jesus says that the widow, this poor widow, who gave very little, is generous. And those who gave a lot, the rich, were not. Now, we don't look at generosity this way, do we, in our culture? We define generosity by the size of the gift, don't we? Bigger is better. The bigger the gift, the more generous the giver. Wouldn't you agree with that? You know, I've been in a lot of hospitals as a pastor, (laughs) lots of hospitals. And usually, when I walk into a hospital, there is a wall, right? And it is the wall of donors. And usually those donors are grouped, right? According to what? The size of the gift. You have the gold or the platinum club sometimes, the silver club, uh, the, the bronze. And I don't know what else there would be. But I think one of the most interesting walls I've ever seen is at the Monterey Bay Aquarium. You ever been there? It's grouped according to the size of the fish, right? So the smallest donors are what? Minnows. I can't remember exactly, but I think they were sardines because, you know, they had so many sardines in Monterey Bay at one time. So the smallest donors are sardines, and then I, I don't remember what was next, but I remember there was dolphins, right? And then tunas, and then what? The biggest one. You are such a smart congregation. Yeah, they're the whales. And that's how our world looks at generosity. You would look at the whales and think, you look at those names. And you think, how generous. But Jesus turns that all upside down. You know, a person like Bill Gates, who has a gazillion dollars, Gives away a billion dollars and he's considered what? Generous. But is he really generous according to this story? Jesus kind of turns everything upside down. In God's economy, Bill Gates could be a sardine. And the poor widow is what? She's a whale. Now, you see, here is the key to the the story, he redefines generosity. He says generosity is based really on how little we keep, not how much we give. Really different. That's what Jesus was getting at when he said, you know, the rich, they gave out of their wealth or their abundance. But she, this widow, out of her poverty, put in everything. All she had to live on. I like how Eugene Peterson says it in his paraphrase, the message. He says, all the others gave what they will never miss. She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. Other translations and other commentaries I've read have said that the word for abundance or wealth can be also translated leftovers. That they gave out of their leftovers. 
And it seems to me as we define generosity that here is the first point. Real generosity, or the second point, always has an element of, of sacrifice. It always pinches a little bit. Um, you know, C.S. Lewis says some great things about this. He says, I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give. I am afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. In other words, if our expenditure on comforts, luxuries, amusements, etc., is up to the standard common among those with the same income as our own, we are probably giving away too little. If our charities or our giving do not pinch at all or hamper us, I should probably say they're too small. There ought to be things we should like to do and cannot because our charitable expenditures excludes them. It's really interesting, isn't it? We, We ought to be able to say, you know, there are some things I would like to own or some things I would like to do that I don't because of my giving. Now, there's some, there's some good news in this. There, there are two pieces of good news here. The first is, you know, as I'll speak pastorally here, I know some of you maybe are out of work right now. Some of you have gone through a divorce recently. Um, economic circumstances change, and you may not be able to give very much this year. In the amount. But here's the good news of grace in this story. You can be a whale. You can be generous. It's the size of the heart and not so much the size of the gift. The other bit of good news, if you've done better this year, wow, you can give more. It's great news. Because when we give, there's joy. This is what's really interesting in this story. You know, the tithe, and this is really upside down. This is radical. The tithe, 10%, it's, it's a great goal for many. For I think God's goal for all of us. But the Bible talks about giving 10% of everything you have right up front. But this story also says something very interesting. It says 10%, what? It may not be sacrificial for you. You may not even feel giving away 10% of your wealth. So I think what Jesus is saying here is give proportionately and see your money as an opportunity to invest in God's work in the world. So our giving should be sacrificial. Also, I think what this story tells us is our giving should put us into the realm of faith. God wants us to trust him. To give us an opportunity to see him work in our lives and to grow spiritually, to grow in our trust of him and to grow in our faith. And this woman's giving absolutely an act of trust. Because Jesus says she gave all. Interesting to think that every day for this woman is an act of trust in God. You know, at that time, the widows were the poorest of the poor. They had very, in fact, any woman, if they were divorced, and this is why Jesus spoke so harshly against divorce, is because it 
left women all, usually, always, in terrible shape. They had really no way to make a, an income. And so most likely this woman, like so many people in this time, you know, they were called the people of the land. Great majority, they lived day to day. Day workers, day laborers, others who, who really talk about faith and, and living to trust God. This is this woman for sure. And so she's had a lot of experience trusting God. And God wants our giving to be marked by faith is all. He wants our giving to be a statement of trust in his provision. So the question is not, is my gift big enough? The question really, is my trust big enough? Am I showing faith, trusting God, uh, that God will provide with my giving? Finally, I would say true generosity is always motivated by love. You know, we can give for many different reasons. I, I gave my reasons why I give last, give last week, but, you know, people give for all kinds of reasons. We can give out of guilt. We can give out of uh, fear. Like somehow God's going <laughs> to zap us if we don't give. We can give as a way of bargaining with God. You know, God, I'll give this if you give me the kind of quid pro quo. Uh, obligation, but love, as in all of the Christian life, is the greatest motivator. We obey out of love. That's the healthy way to live and to give. And although this story doesn't tell us what motivated this woman to give, my guess is it is love. Because only love can motivate her to give in this way. She's grateful. There's always some sense of responsibility to our giving. But ultimately, at the heart of our giving is love. We give out of love. Not out of compulsion or oughtness or guilt or legalistic duty or anything. It's out of love. Out of a way of saying thanks to God for what God has so graciously given us. And so as we dedicate our pledges today or our financial commitments, we're not just dedicating our money. We are dedicating our lives, really, our hearts. Remember I said what God wants is our hearts. And God knows if we give him our money, most likely he's getting our hearts. So... We give out of love and out of response to what God has given us. So now is our time to respond. I've got to give you some instructions here. First of all, if you're a visitor today, uh, this is family business. And do not feel any uh, pressure to, to bring up a card or to make a financial commitment. Um, yeah. But if this is your church both those of you here in the sanctuary and those online, uh, I want to encourage you to participate today. We do this as individuals today, but we also do it as a community of faith, giving together. You know, there are cards and pens for those of you who are sitting on the center aisle. They're right next to you, right next to the... um, the, uh, whatever it is. (laughs) 
aisle. Um, go ahead and at, when I tell you, go ahead and take those and pass them down the row. For those of you online, you, there's a way to give online just where you are. Uh, you'll see it. Just go give online and hit that button. want you to know, first and foremost, this is a spiritual commitment between you and God. And what you give today, obviously, will give towards supporting the ministries of this church. And I will say, if you ever want to give sacrificially, this is the year to do it. We've got to get our financial house in order, and it's been a rough couple years. Um, and I want to say again, this is for the calendar year 2022. So it began in December, but because of COVID and all the rest, we've had our uh, stewardship campaign late. So this is for calendar year uh, 2022. And remember, this is an estimate. If your conditions change for some reason, you can always change uh, your commitment. So I want to give you a few minutes to pray. If you feel like you can't give a, a, make a commitment today, I want to encourage you to just get a card, put it in the envelope, and say, you know, I support this church in prayer, in my time and talents, and whatever it may be, and, and come up and go ahead and drop it uh, in the basket. Fortunately, we don't have big coins. We have very quiet envelopes that just drop into the, uh, the basket. So I want to give you a few minutes to pray and think. Steve's going to play the piano when I told him about this. He said, so what, what mood do you want me to create with the music? I said, grateful. And he goes, well, what is that? And I said, celebration. So that's easier to find. So he's going to play a celebration song this morning. And at some point... Um, He'll stop, and I'll ask the ushers to just release Rose, and we'll bring our pledges forward. Remind us we give ourselves our hearts this morning. <laughs> 